Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. This is your NFL week number 10 betting preview. We will discuss our favorite sides, totals, teasers, survivor picks, underdog, money lines, and of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread bets. I'll do it with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister, of degenerate nation stucky stuck uh what's up man good good uh good week last week uh came so close to sleeping uh dallas and uh had ended up with that houston two and a half just didn't get there but uh good week so good shit it was a good week for the pod i never want to talk about last sunday ever again that was probably the most painful group of losses that i've ever had i mean dallas putting up what like 500 yards of offense game went exactly how I like projected Dak eating CD lamb and Ferguson destroying the Eagles in the slot, moving up and down the field, Dallas offensive line, controlling the game. And they, they have, they get six points in four drives inside the 30 to end the game. Dak steps out of bounds, just needed the two points to mm, push. Mm-hmm. They could stop at the one, the either at the five to end the game. I mean, it was excruciating. Three fumbles that the Eagles recover. Um, I mean, just every break possible in that game, and the Cowboys still should have won. And then you had the Texans who outgain, who averaged eight yards per play, outgained the Bucks by 200 yards, but don't have a kicker, so can't kick the extra point. The Panthers can't get home for our tees, even though they held the Colts. The Colts had under 200 yards of offense. Teams with under 200 yards of offense were 1-36 in 36 straight up in the uh, over the last 37 games. And the Panthers couldn't even cover eight and a half because they threw two pick sixes and Bryce Young goes another pick at the end of the game. And was there one, was there something else? Um, as always, it's oh, on the, the over, the over, you had like 21 first quarter points in the, I mean, not oh, for the pod, but uh, I think yeah. you had the over on a uh, Bengals the over Bills. that was going Bengals. like way over and then it just died out. But yeah, the, 
it was a, it was a painful week of, of some losses, but at least there were some easy wins like the Chiefs and Ravens rolled. But um, yeah, there were some just excruciating losses. So we've had some horrendous the we've had some horrendous beats on the six pack. Like your safety, the Ravens against the Cardinals last week, the Cowboys and Texans. So that's a good sign going forward for some positive errands. But as always, we're on the next week. Let's get to uh, week ten. Let's do it. And uh, before we jump into Thursday night football, just a reminder that Sean Kerner, our guy, the odds maker, will be chopping it up with everybody on the free Action Network Discord server, as usual, this week during Thursday night football. If you're looking for a place to ask him uh, and many of our other experts your questions about fantasy, props, betting, whatever, uh, or you just want to hang out with other gamblers during a game, join the Action Network Discord for free by following the link in this episode description. All right, let's get right into the Thursday night football preview. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. And we got the Panthers going to Chicago to take on the Bears. Bears favored by three and a half. The total's down to 38 and a half. Looks like it's going to be Tyson Bajant going up against Bryce Young here. Uh, this is, you know, you and I talked about this on Happy Hour. There's just a lot of bad quarterbacks in the league this year. You know, a lot of backups and and young guys, inexperienced guys starting. And, I mean, for Tyson Bajant to be getting three, to be laying three and a half, that's that seems a bit much. But, I mean, the Panthers have been... Horrible. So, uh, how you feeling about this one? Yeah, I mean, I look for reasons not to bet Thursday night football. I don't. I. I mean, just look at this game. I, I'm not betting this game. There's no chance I'm backing Bajan as a favorite. There's no chance I'm trusting Bryce Young in this Panthers offense right now. Some of the, the pick sixes that he had also were just gifts, like just elementary throws. Um, so yeah, this is an easy, easy pass for me. I have. No interest in betting that. I think I show a little bit of value on the Panthers with Bajan starting. But um, so if I had to bet it, I would bet the Panthers. A fun, fun prop. If you have like five bucks, throw it on tie. Uh, this is the type of game that would end in a tie. And it's actually beneficial to the Bears, right? If the Bears were like a smart organization, uh, but they're not. They like traded basically a second round pick for Sweat and a second round pick for Chase Claypool. Um, but the... A tie would help them. They, this is just a draft celebration for Bears fans. They have the third pick right now. The Panthers are the second pick. The Bears have the Panthers pick. So any win will hurt their draft positioning. Um, so actually a tie is the most beneficial outcome for Chicago. So, yeah. I, I know I'm reaching for when I'm talking about a tie in draft positioning. No, I got nothing here. I don't want to talk about this game. Yeah. I mean, maybe bet overtime, too. That That's kind of the next best yeah. thing. A little more likely. Uh yeah. But I agree. I mean, the, the Panthers are the right side, I think. But I, I said it before the season. I'm not betting on the Panthers this like pretty much this year, and it's worked out well. What do they have? One cover this so far this year. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's worked out. Uh, last year I was the Panthers whisperer. This year just straight faded them. You taped your but, mouth shut. You're not even. Yep. You're not, you just refuse to whisper. I refuse. Like it's there's it's certain things like I have a. Part of my handicapping is, and I I think you're like this too, like I can see the negative sometimes better than I can even see the positive, which is kind of exactly backwards from how I live my life. I mean, I tend to be optimistic, but what, I could just see the Panthers like 
face planted. Like it was just, Frank Reich, the Fitterer, it's just bad organization, man. But yeah. I mean, you can't you can't lay point you can't lay three and a half with Bajent. So uh I guess primetime unders, you know, they continue to 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 kill a uh, non-divisional primetime unders that drop more than one point uh are 54 and 23, 70% since 2016, including seven and three this season. So that's probably your best bet if you're looking uh, to get uh, some action on this game. All right, let's jump right into the week number 10 Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. All right, so good week for us, 34-30, close race. Uh, you, sir, are up first in week number 10. Where are you going? All right, for my first pick of the week 10 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Houston Texans plus seven, minus 115 is out there. It doesn't matter for this contest, pushes or losses, but I would look for the seven, obviously a key number. Uh, minus 115 is fine, which is out there. This number has come down a bit. There's questions about Jamar Chase and his availability. Uh, I think he'll probably give it a go. He might not be at 100%, and that back could flare up at any time. Uh, that was another thing that killed the over last week. When he, the, if Burrow just let him, uh, he would walk in for a touchdown. Instead, he gets hurt. Um, like, talk about a, a massive swing there. But this is, on paper, just, number one, it's a bad spot for the Bengals. Uh, you know, they come off that big win against Buffalo. They have Baltimore on deck. And now you're Houston, you're hosting Houston. So it could be maybe a little bit sleepy here. But more importantly, I just think this Houston offense and CJ Stroud are undervalued in the market. Like this offense, when they actually come out and throw it, like looking back at that Panthers game, I don't know what they're doing. They can't run the ball. I think if you go by DBOA, they're 31st in rush offense, third in pass offense. I, I mean, CJ Stroud is amazing. Tank Dell is amazing. Nico, I mean, th this offense can tear up any secondary including this Bengal. I mean, look, the Bengals defense, I think is one of the more, they have a great coordinator, but it's more one of the more overrated units in the NFL. I don't love their secondary. Their safeties have taken a massive step back after last season. And if you remember last season, they faced about 10 backup quarterbacks throughout the division and just throughout the entire season, almost lost to a backup quarterback in the playoffs. And this season, they have been extremely fortunate on defense, especially in the red zone. Go back the last three weeks against the 49ers. You know, you get the, they give up 460 yards of the 49ers. Hit a McCaffrey fumble inside the 10. When's that ever happened? Uh, you had a, you know, that fluky defensive lineman pick. Go back to the Seattle game. They're in the red zone the entire game. Out game since he by 200 yards. They couldn't get punch it in the end zone. And then last week, you have another fumble in the red zone. I mean, this is happening all year. If you look at the Bengals from a metrics, pure metrics standpoint, their defense, middle of the road. If you remove turnovers, 25th EPA per play, 23rd dropback EPA. This defense is vulnerable. They've been getting away with it because of turnovers and failed red zone execution. I think that there's some major regression coming, and this is the perfect offense to come in here and do it. Uh, you know, Chase being banged up will only hurt the Texans. And look, if the, the Texans come out and try to run it, I hope not. I hope that that – Bobby Slovak has learned his lesson, but, and they get behind. That's fine for this game script. Like they can keep up. And then that's when Cincy gets too conservative when they're up 
and they start running it too much. Um, so even if they get behind early, because look, the Bengals offense is bad. Uh, I mean, Burrow is all the way back. I think if you look, uh, average, you know, yards over replacement adjusted for defense over the first, I think, six weeks, Burrow, two total yards over replacement level quarterback. Week eight, 194. Week nine, 165. Uh, so Burrow's all the way back. This Bengals offense should be able to put, put up points. Um, but, you know, Chase not being 100% healthy will definitely hurt. And uh, this is a bad spot. And I don't think the Texans offense is getting enough respect. Throw in the looming Bengals regression uh, on defense. And I think that the Texans can keep this within a score. Wouldn't even be shocked if they gave the Bengals a scare or pulled off this upset. Yeah, let's go with the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud, who's just who's having one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time for any quarterback statistically. So, uh, yeah, give me the Texans. Yeah. Love, love the Texans. Uh, I mean, CJ Stroud is just, it's other, like his upside now is it's, it's growing. Like I'm not going to say Mahomes cause he's in a different planet, but it's like that next tier, like that, his upside is already there. You know, like what he did in that, uh, in that, game against the Bucks. I mean, the pinpoint throws, like the the throwing with anticipation, the accuracy. I mean, it was just the like the clutchness, not having a kicker. I mean, Jesus, this guy. Yeah, um, he can make all throws. And Tank Dell, by the way, he's got all yes! he's got future. He's got my guy. All pro, all, I loved him in college. I love Tank Dell uh at Houston. He's got future all pro potential. Oh yeah. Like I I remember for the fantasy for fantasy flex I, you know, I saw the first Texan preseason game and Dell was playing a, a ton in the first half and, or maybe it was the second game, one of the, one of the two, but the first time he played and I was like, this dude is already the best receiver on the Texans. And like, you're just seeing that play out. Cause as much credit as we got to give to Stroud, Tank Dell got open on that sideline route to get him that long game, to get him in scoring position. And he got, that was he split uh you know two defenders, two defenders in the end of yeah. yeah like that so like that doesn't happen without Tank Dell as well but what I think what you're seeing with Stroud too is he's just made star quarterbacks make all the receivers look like stars and I think Dell is a star but you know look at Nico now Nico is you know he's always solid but now he's putting up you know top twenty fantasy numbers uh Noah Brown had like what a hundred fifty yard game I mean it's Dalton Schultz had more yards and than he ever had on, on Dallas. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, this, yeah. this is one of the few offenses that can go toe to toe with the, with the healthy Bengals team. And, you know, maybe they're not healthy, like you said, because uh, they yeah. yeah. And by the way, the te- people are like, I, the right call was not kicking that extra point. You don't have a kicker. You can't get yeah. our return, yeah. but people forget that. And I, then I had to watch the Eagles recover all three fumbles in their territory, but the Texans had three guys around a fumble to end the game. And they didn't get it, and it somehow bounced right to yeah, no. Mike Evans. Um, yep. And then it wouldn't have mattered if they went down and scored. So that's what made it even more brutal. But yeah, I like the Texans here. Where are you, where are you going first? So haven't done this much this year, but we are going back to the New England Patriots plus one and a half in where is it? London in London against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'm in Germany. I think it's in Frankfurt, by the way. Not that. Oh, been. sorry, sorry. I said, I said London. Yeah, Frankfurt. Uh, international NFL International Series. It'll be on six thirty Pacific, nine thirty Eastern. 
Uh, so bright and early. In Germany, it's Kreppenfest. Indianapolis on defense. We know what they do. Gus Bradley defense. They play the most zone in the entire NFL. Well, New England, we know their passing game isn't great. Their your receiving core isn't great, although Douglas is starting to come on a little bit. But uh, New England dead last in adjusted yards per attempt versus man coverage, as you would expect. But versus zone coverage, they're above average. They're actually 13th, uh, about three more yards per uh, against zone than against man. And the Colts, more than any other team, are almost guaranteed not to switch up their scheme. They just don't do it. They just sit back. They don't really blitz. They just play zone coverage. Uh, they've done it over 80% of the time this year. It's just what 80, they do. 89% yeah. zone. Uh, they're at cover yep. three, 50% league high, cover four, 24%, cover six, yep. which is a mix of those. So the 89, man, 11, that's the same exact splits as the Panthers, and those are the two highest. Uh, there's just no man. Vikings kind of the same way. There's just no man defense at all. Yeah. And, well, why is this even better? Because not only is it a good matchup for – the New England offense. And I say, I tread lightly, you know, good matchup, but uh, New England's also seen the second most man coverage this year, you know, from other defenses. So you're getting value in the sense that New England's offensive numbers are coming against, you know, a much higher rate of man coverage than the league average. And that makes sense because, you know, that's the way you play New England, but we know Gus Bradley just doesn't do that. Like they just, they're going to, they're going to play their scheme. And uh, and especially coming off a really good game uh, in their scheme against Bryce Young last week. So I uh, like the matchup there. And then also Indianapolis defense been pretty solid, been about league average overall in terms of the numbers, but 23rd in run defense DVOA. So uh, you let New England run the ball a little bit too. So this is, this is a great matchup for New England's offense, which you don't really get much of that, uh, you know, this year with, with, with what's going on with this team. And then on the other side, you have a quarterback in Gardner Minshew, one of the few quarterbacks that is more likely than Mac Jones to have a negative play. Gardner Minshew's 6.3% turnover-worthy play rate, third in the league. Uh, Mac Jones is 5.2%, so he's fifth. So you have one of the few quarterbacks that's uh, you know that's more turnover-prone than Mac Jones, even though not all the turnovers are Jones' fault. But uh, And then you have the... New England defense, sixth in EPA per rush, third in rush success rate. And on early downs, they're fourth in EPA per rush and second in early down rush success rate. So uh, this New England defense can still stop the run, which is what the Colts uh, are going to lean on with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. And they had, like you said, they had under 200 yards of offense last week. They couldn't run the ball on the Panthers, which was, I think, pretty – concerning for their offense so uh you know fading Gardner Minshew here in this in this cold offense Minshew four and 15 against the spread uh, in his last 19 starts again another quarterback that's been you know just as bad or worse than Mac Jones because you know I, I know I talked about Jones's uh record against the spread last week when we faded uh faded the Pats with Washington but yeah love the matchup for New England so neutral neutral field no home field for the Colts. Uh, you know, this is this is close to a, a coin flip game for me. I'll take the one and a half. Yeah, don't hate it. I'll something on this game later. For my second pick and the third overall, the Week 10 Sunday six-pack, 
I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I at three anything three or above is fine. Three and a half minus one fifteen minus one twenty are out there as when we're doing this. I would pay for that because there's a good chance that this game could land on a field goal. I actually had the Packers rated ahead of the Steelers in my power ratings. Throwing him home field, I had the Steelers as a small favor. Getting a field goal or above in this matchup, uh, I, I have to take it. Um, look, the Steelers, I don't really think should be a field goal favorite over anybody in the league that is not named the New York Giants right now. They, look, I know they have five wins on the season. They are number one in our luck rankings. Lucky. I'll shout out to Nick Giffen and company before Kerner for our luck rankings. And it's a really good tool just to kind of sum up a picture of everything that I look at uh, as far as which teams are getting lucky, which teams might be over or underinflated in the market. Talked about Cincinnati. Talk about the Eagles. The Eagles, I think, are number two now in the luck rankings, two or three. Steelers are number one going away. I mean, this team, based on how they perform, should have two wins. They have 35% win. Uh, their win percentage is 35% higher than how they perform. And look, some of the other advanced metrics, you'll see the Steelers a bit higher than the Packers. That's because their schedule has been tough. But like getting def- multiple defensive touchdowns against the Browns, these things are not sustainable. The Ravens having a million drops and Lamar just throwing it to the end zone. I mean, it is insane the breaks the Steelers team has gotten. They are, what, on five and zero oh in one score games, expected record, expected wins of two. And if you go back to 2020 and 2021, interestingly enough, the Steelers were 13 and three combined, number one in our luck rankings at that point. And people are like, oh, it's a Steelers and a and a Tomlin thing. Well, then they would win every game and win every Super Bowl. They finished eight eight and one uh, after that point uh, against the you know a softest schedule too. Packers, on the other hand, they're 30th in those luck rankings, one and three in one score games. They have three losses by a combined seven points. Aaron Jones back to full health. Uh, he should get a full workload now from everything that I've read. This Steelers offense is still an absolute disaster. 47% of their possessions go three and out. 47. I, it, that's outrageous. Uh, they, I think the next worst team, and the Packers are bad too, but there's like 37%. Just to illustrate how bad the Steelers' offense actually is, they have one play. They just try to throw it down the sidelines to the Pickens. It, I mean, Johnson being back helps a little bit, but it's still Kenny Pickett laying over field goal. I bought to three and a half minus one fifteen. Absolutely no brainer play for me with Green Bay. This is also a classic Tomlin non spot where his teams come out a little flat and uh, against a team under five hundred. But I, I just I make this round one. So I'm glad I'm happily took three and a half minus 115 with the Packers against a, a Steelers team that has just a ton of regression coming its way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this because I, I agree. This like this is just another example of these bad quarterbacks. And you could say there's bad quarterbacks on both sides. I mean, depending on how you feel. I mean, I know Jordan sure. Love hasn't exactly lit it up, but they're the basically like is, equal quarterbacks, uh, yeah. like equal defenses. Packers probably a little better offensive line, a little better running back. Uh, Steelers maybe a little better wide receiver. These teams are so equal. Uh, and I actually have the Packers a smidge ahead. So uh, t- getting over a field goal at, at three and a half in a game that could be ugly, ugly, ugly. And look, the Packers have been awful in the first halves. Didn't bite them last week because guess what? They were playing the Rams and Brett Rippon. If they get off to a slow start here, it won't bite them either. They're playing Kenny Pickett, right? So you can survive a slow start uh, if that's the case. But yeah, give me Green Bay. Yeah, and, and this is, again... 
Kenny Pickett getting, you know, laying three, three and a half, you know, at some spots. I mean, it, we're not saying that, you know, Jordan Love and his Packer team is amazing or it's just you, you can't just look at these lines and say, okay, well, the Steelers are at home, home field advantage, you know, that they're right side. Like, no, like just take these opportunities to fade these quarterbacks when, you know, they're get, they're laying, you know, points, like a field goal or more at home, uh, anything on the road. I mean, there's a, like, there's, we'll talk about, you know, a lot of quarter, like there's some quarterbacks, uh, you know, bad quarterbacks laying points on the road. So it's, it's just, uh, it's been a wild year. I mean, just so many backup quarterbacks and then it's like backups and backups are getting, backups are getting hurt and backups and backups are coming in. So uh, speaking of which, for my second pick of the week 10 Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half at home against the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, these both of these teams are five and four, kind of surprising based on the way Minnesota started the year. But, you know, even with Josh Dobbs, who, by the way, you know, played amazingly uh, last week, but I think with these no teams- prep. No prep, no prep, never no prep. took a snap. Well, amazing. Yeah, and I mean, some of his scrambles, like, it was, like, I haven't seen Michael Vick make some, like, as good a play as some of those scrambles. Like, the one where he just, like, flew across the first down marker on third and, like, 20 or something. Like, I mean, it was it was nuts. But that is going, I, I think that's going to be a problem for the Saints because the Saints have allowed the second most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So that is one of the ways you beat them because the Saints like to play man coverage and – you know that their outside corners are pretty good, so you have to, you know, kind of, you know, their backs are going to be turned. That's that's what you that's where you can get yardage, uh, you know, on the ground. Uh, you can and you could go over the middle, so it's important to have a guy like Hawkinson, uh, as well. But when I look at this, when I look at these teams, I think it's time to fade New Orleans because look at New Orleans' schedule this year, and then compare it to Minnesota, and, and look at who New Orleans beat. New Orleans beat. Carolina green uh they lost to Green Bay by a point they beat the Titans by a point and Ryan Tannehill is probably one of the worst games if not the worst game he's ever played they beat the Panthers by three just three uh Titans also had a defensive touchdown that wasn't called yep. in that game yep yep uh they they then they get the Patriots at the you know at the right time so they they blow them out they beat the Colts who you know we just talked about you know not not a very good team uh, and then they beat the Tyson Bajant Bears. So they beat Tyson Bajant, Gardner Minshew, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and Ryan Tannehill. By the way, okay. they have Falcons, Panthers, Giants, Rams coming up. <laughs> yep. Like this, it, 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 it's going to be very sure. interesting. Yeah. I mean, we talked about like this, this is this whole division schedule is super easy, but this team, you know, lost to the Green Bay Packers, lost to the Bucks by 17. You know, they lose to the, the Texas, which doesn't look as bad anymore. But you look at this team on the road and, you know, it, it, like this, is, I think this is where they, they're they going to get into trouble because Derek Carr in his career on the road, coming off a win 11 and 22 against the spread one and eight as a favorite Dennis Allen as a favorite five, 14 and one against the spread 26%. So I already think it's a letdown spot for these saints, but let's look at what happened last week. They got outgained 368 to 301 by the Tyson Bajant led bears. They've been getting super lucky 
with turnovers in every game. And we know the Vikings have been one of the most unlucky teams with turnovers. So, you know, even last week, I mean, Dobbs, what like safety, uh, salt, like it's like three turnovers the minute he comes in the game. So, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some regression there. And you look at Derek Carr versus the Blitz, and Flores has his defense playing well. Like the Saints, everyone talks about the Saints defense. They're ninth in DVOA. You know who's 10th? The Minnesota Vikings. So these teams are pretty much equal on defense. Uh, and Carr outside the top 20 against the Blitz. He's 23rd in passer rating, 24th in uh, PFF grade against the Blitz. That's what we know Flores is going to do. And a lot of these Saints losses this year have come against teams that Blitz Derek Carr. And, you know, the, the, the games they've had the most success against, like look at the Colts, you know, they put up, what, 500 yards of, of offense on the coast because the coach just sit back and, and don't blitz. And so I think the, I think the saints team, you know, is a somewhat of a, something of a paper tiger here. And I look at this Minnesota team and look who they played. And I know, you know, there's a lot of different players, you know, obviously cousins not here, but Minnesota played Philadelphia, the chargers, the chiefs, the Niners who they beat, you know, it, it, it it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's really a, tale of two schedules for these two teams so for the vikings to be playing this well on defense they're at home i think these teams are a lot more evenly matched uh that even with Dobbs at quarterback and without jefferson who practice window should open this week but i don't expect them back but uh yeah give me the vikings here uh time to fade this saints team that's just been beaten up on on bad teams that you know play right into to what they do uh, i don't think Derek carr has been been very good i think he's just you know had some defenses that uh you know they can they can do some things against i don't think this is going to be one of them yeah i gotta I got give a ton of credit to brian flores what he's done with this defense uh they just the lack of coverage ability that they have on the outside they're not playing any man uh it is you know a lot like almost half cover three a lot of drop uh they'll drop eight sometimes and then they're bringing the blitz a ton so he's able to generate pressure they're taking away explosive plays. They have deep safeties all the time. They're making you earn it and uh, moving up and down the field. And then he's coming with timely blitzing blitzes, creating negative plays. Daniel Hunter has been awesome. So yeah, Flores deserves a ton of credit what he's done with this unit. Just, just on scheme alone, it's a night and day difference. And it shows you what one coordinator hire can do for an entire unit. We're seeing it with the Ravens offense now, right? Like look how stale that offense got last year. Now that offense is a rocket ship. And last year, this Vikings defense was a train wreck. Train wreck. And they got worse. They got they they got rid of talent. And now just scheme alone. So I'm sure you're going to get a million car checkdowns against this type of defense. So I don't know yeah. how many catches you have projected for Kamara. He's going to have one of those 13 catches for 35-yard games. Um, I mean, they, so, start, they, they used him a lot less last week, too. You know, he was, he was having some trouble against the Bears, but... Um, yeah, it's either that or Carr just going to throw a bunch of balls out of bounds on the sidelines to Olave, who's going to like look back at him like, why are you even throwing it to me? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree on this one. A lot more on it in, uh, later on in a segment in the podcast. But for my third pick and the fifth overall, the Week 10 Sunday six-pack, let's get fun here. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's check the updated line. 16 let's and a half. It 16 and a half. Minus 16 and a half. <laughs> Uh, at home against the New York Giants. I think I've always said I'll never lay over two touchdowns in the NFL. What do they say? Never say never, because I, I have. Never say never. never, never, never. 
I bet the Cowboys, I bet them, I think I'd still bet them at 17, but try to get under 17. I project this at 19, 19.4. Now, it's, there's a lot of variance in that number. Like, how bad can you make Tommy DeVito? Uh, but uh, bad is the answer. It's very, very bad. He's the worst quarterback I've ever tried to price. So, the one exception was when Kendall Hilton, the wide receiver for the Broncos, had a start during COVID. I think they were 17-point underdogs. By the way, this number, like, go back a couple weeks when I bet the Giants catching 14 and a half against a bottom five Bills defense after injuries with Tyrod Taylor. Now you have Tommy DeVito, massive, massive monumental drop-off against the top five defense. And you're you're in the same similar price range. This, this line's outrageous. The Cowboys offense is on fire right now. Talked about this last week. They're doing everything that I've wanted them to do. Dak's using his legs. They're throwing more on first downs. Uh, you know, Ferguson's implementation in the offense. They're they're just a machine. Right? Offensive line is now fully healthy. Uh, there's just nothing the Giants can do to slow them down. And on the other side of the ball, I, what what are the Giants? I, I don't, what are the Giants going to do to score? Uh, they already lost thirty eight nothing to this team, by the way. What are they going to do? I don't know. Tommy DeVito is going to be under fire. He's going to throw picks. They're, the Dallas Cowboys are just going to play man on the outside. And by the way, the Dallas Cowboys defense. Also trading up, Deron Bland, who's been great at corner. Uh, Marquise Bell at linebacker. They figured it out after the loss of Diggs. I, I just don't know how the, uh, the the team total for the Giants is 10 and a half. I, I'd take the under. 10 and a half. You never see a team, team total alone in the NFL. Um, yeah, I this this is this Giants team lost 30. You want this one data point, but last week against a bottom five defense that lets you do anything, right? Just no pressure. You can have your efficiency. They lost 30 to six to the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell. At quarterback, 30 to 6. Cowboys, by the way, have, have 17 plus point wins already this year against the Jets, Patriots, and Rams. So when they get a bad team and that offense is rolling, they blow them out because then the defense can pin its ears back, go after the quarterback. I, I, I just, I don't know. You get an angry Cowboys team. There's no look at it. They had the Panthers on deck. I, I just, number one, I don't know how the, I don't know how the Giants score. Barkley's got to break a run. That's it. He's got to break an 80 yard run. And I don't know how the Giants slow down this Cowboys offense, which is rolling. Like the Cowboys are going to have to fumble multiple kicks, fumble punts. Brandon Aubrey's going to have to remember he's a soccer player. Um, I don't. I just don't know. I can't find a path where this isn't a complete blowout. This has thirty-five-three written all over it. Give me the Cowboys. I think it's the first time in my life I've laid over two touchdowns in the NFL, and I have no no hesitation. It doesn't cover. I don't care. I'm fading Tommy DeVito. Guy couldn't play. Guy had to transfer out of Syracuse. Couldn't, couldn't start at Syracuse. Give me the Cowboys. They better yeah. score in the red zone, by the way. They got some regression coming. They got, they, so they, they better finish off every single drive this week with six. Jack when favored by uh, six or more in his career, 27 and 11 against the spread, 71%. Three and one against the spread this year. That is outrageous. You usually don't see trends for favorites, you know, 70% over that big of a sample size. So. Uh, this well, usually the cow- if you go back, it makes sense in in a sense that the Cowboys always have had, you know, good pass rush, good decent secondary. So when they get up against a bad team, right, then that that's when their defense, you know, if they're in a close game or behind, the teams are able to run the ball against them. But if they get up and they build a big lead, then it usually snowballs because that's when their defense is even better. And now you're you have that scenario against Tommy DeVito. Come on. They had negative pass yards against the Jets defense. Negative pass yards. Speaking of which, uh, that would take me to my third 
uh, pick in the final one of the Week 10 Sunday six-pack. And I am going with the Las Vegas Raiders plus one at home against the New York Jets. And got to fade Zach Wilson uh, laying points on the road here. And, you know, this Jet team, they like there's this, – this is – it's going to – I think it's going to keep – the, the bottom's going to keep falling out here. You know, I know I, their defense is great, but let's look, you know, two weeks ago, they play the Giants, and you mentioned it. They hold the Giants to negative nine passing yards. Negative nine passing yards. They need a comeback two-minute drive with the clock running down just to tie it and then to win in overtime. When you, you hold the and team the to Giants negative nine passing yards. Or, or kick a field goal. Like the Giants should have right. won that game. Giants 99.9% win probability. And, and so let's – now compare that. The Jets had the had a 0.1% win probability against the Giants at one point in the game with negative nine passing yards. The Raiders beat this team 30 to 6. So not good. Same thing. And look at O'Connell also started against the Chargers. He was on the goal line and had a chance to tie the game. And you know, they call pass play. And it ends up getting picked up. But even with he took like what nine, 10 sacks. They were right in that game with a chance to tie uh, late. The Jets can't even sniff the end zone against the Chargers, uh, you know, 27-6. So you, you already have a couple of common opponents, uh, you know, to kind of judge this off of, even though, you know, O'Connell's only started a couple of games. You know, the, the, both of those starts have come against teams the Jets have also played, and the Raiders have looked better against those teams. The Jets' offensive line is terrible right now. It, it's just all banged up. Uh, Max Crosby's going to get off. And, you know, the Jets' strength, obviously, is their defense, their pass defense. But at least you have, you know, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. So, you know, it's like you don't have – like you have guys that can can at least give you a chance, uh, especially Adams, uh, against these cornerbacks. Uh, So, you know, just two bad teams. But the Raiders, I think, it's also going to be tough for the Jets – to game plan because you're just you're in you know, what game two of this Antonio Pierce regime they changed the, the offensive coordinator so you know it's you know it's going to be really tough for the Jets and also another reason I think the Jets are a little bit overvalued and why they're favored on a road with Zach Wilson they've only played two road games this is just going to be their third road game because they had a road game uh at that was the Giants but that's their stadium too so that's not really a road game so the only road games the Jets have had week, week two at Dallas and week five at the Broncos. So you look at all the Jets stats and, you know, all, you know, as you're kind of handicapping this, they played eight games and they're, they've only had two road games. So, you know, we know teams play worse on the road. They're going across the country. Raiders chilling second straight home game. They had the Giants come in last week. They're riding high. Uh, so I think the Raiders can keep it going here and, and do enough uh, to beat this Jet team. And but you know this is when you want to fade Zach Wilson when he is a favorite or an underdog of less than six points. So if he's plus five and a half or less, or he's a favorite, he's just one six and one against the spread uh, in his last eight. Uh, he the, the times the Jets are covering is when they're you know one possession or more dogs and you know their defense kind of keeps a minute or they get lucky like you know with the eagles but in these spots this is a fade all the way we saw this jet team 
you know, just continue to struggle to score points at the end of last year with Zach Wilson. And it's starting to happen again. It seems like the deeper you get into the season, you know, the more tape you get, uh, you know, this, this offense just doesn't have answers. And it sounds like Salah doesn't even really want to stay. It sounds like this is more of an ownership, ownership decision at this point. I don't even know. Like he's like, they're not calling up Simeon, even though he's there. So I, you know, this, I don't see, I don't see this offense doing much and that's going to give the Raiders uh, a chance here at home because uh, you know, an, a Zach Wilson led jet offense can be just as bad as a O'Connell offense facing the Jets. So. Uh, give me the Raiders plus one. Yeah, I mean, fading Zach Wilson is a favorite. Yeah, the, again, I think one thing I would worry about is this Brees Hall going off. Like, that's the only time the Jets offense looks competent. But the way to move the ball against this Raiders defense, I talked about it. They just they sit back and they don't take all they want to do is take away explosive plays. And it, it works for the most part in today's NFL. Uh, keeps you in the game. You, but if you can, like, efficiently pass the ball down the field, you can move the ball against this secondary. Uh, but that's not what the Jets can do. Zach Wilson isn't accurate enough. Max Crosby will end up stripping him a couple times. Marcus Peters will probably have a pick six when Zach Wilson doesn't, you know, when, when he just telegraphs, telegraphs the throw to the sidelines. That's what happens, right? You have to make you make a bad quarterback drive all the way down the field, and then they make a mistake. Um, so, yeah. And for what it's worth, I know coming into the season, I'll have to check this. Is this a primetime game? God damn it. Yep. Zach Wilson in primetime twice in six days. Uh, so one of us will have this game written up. I'll probably give this to you. I'll take Bills Broncos. Um, but I know coming into this year, you can check this. But coming into this season, see if my memory is good. Teams going from the West Coast, excuse me, East Coast teams going to the West Coast um, after a primetime game on a short week where doesn't happen often. So Jets played Monday night, going now short week on across the country. Eight and I think eight and sixteen against the spread over the past twenty years. So it something with the body clock and obviously short week doesn't help. But yeah, I think the Raider, Raiders are rejuvenated. How can he not be after getting rid of uh, maybe the worst coach in the NFL? So uh, don't disagree. Who do we got for quarterbacks? Woo! We have. Let's see. Okay, so you got C.J. Stroud, good. Jordan Love, eh? Dak Prescott, solid. So you uh, you got bad. some decent, yeah, decent quarterbacks. I got Mac Jones. Josh Dobbs and Aiden O'Connell, baby. Second week in a row. <laughs> I'm out ugly in you. <laughs> yeah, we've switched roles here the past two weeks. Yeah, man. Hey, I mean, it's been one of those years. You know, it's like uh, I-, I said it. You know, it's just it's just kind of. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is just fading. Court, you know, bad quarterbacks getting points. You know, like it's it, or laying points. So, uh, you know, fading Zach Wilson, fading uh, Carr, and fading Minshew. So, you know. Equally bad on the other side of it, but uh, yeah, you got uh, stuck has Houston plus seven, Pack plus three, Cowboys minus 16 and a half. I have Pats plus one and a half, Vikes plus two and a half, and the Raiders plus one. That's going to wrap it up for our week 10 Sunday six pack. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, now it's time for our Week 10 Coach's Pep Talk. Your only responsibility is to put meat on the table. You got to stay relaxed. Yeah. If you don't, you will fall out of balance, split your differential, and tip the fuck over. Or worse yet, I've seen this happen, implode. Implosions are ugly. This week's Coach's Pep Talk comes to us from the 2013 film The Wolf of Wall Street. Love that movie and uh we're dedicating it to let's dedicate it to the las vegas raiders keep it going get us that cover against zach wilson as a road favorite let's get into our favorite total of week 10 all right we're a combined uh 11 and 7 on the year on total so pretty good uh you went first on Side, so I'll start us off here. I'm going right back to the well. Pittsburgh, Green Bay, first half under 19 and a half. Talked about this last week. Green Bay, one of the slowest paced teams in the league in the first half, and also the lowest scoring team in the league in the first half. Green Bay averaging just four and a half points per game in the first half and Pittsburgh is also a bottom five scoring team in the first half just 6.9 points per game Eddie Pickett's so, only good on like the last drive of the game yeah I mean he was out there throwing one hoppers to Allen Robinson and I don't know how how many balls he missed high in a, on a Thursday night maybe some of it had to do with the rib but I mean we've seen this from Pickett kind of throughout his career he, he turns up in a fort though I give him that but uh yeah I, I think you want the first half under in this one also and we didn't even really get into this uh when we talked about the Packers uh for your side but Green Bay we know another team that we kind of know what they're going to do on defense they're a top six zone team you know, they love to sit back in zone sometimes it's maddening because they'll do it on rundowns and, and, and instead of you know coming up close but uh Pittsburgh Fourth in adjusted yards per attempt against man coverage. 24th against zone. Uh, a four yard over a four yard difference in adjusted yards per attempt. Well, that's so, because the the sideline throws to uh, Pickens can work against man. Right, right. I mean, is. Deontay, like you said, Deontay has helped and he looks really good out there. Uh, glad he finally got himself in the end zone. But yeah, we we kind of know what this um, kind of know what this Green Bay defense is going to do, and you know everything we've seen from Pickett thus far. Uh, you know, don't expect too much through the air. I do think both of these teams probably want to run in this game, right? You know, Pittsburgh started to get the run established with Najee Harris uh, and Jalen Warren last game. And uh, we know the Packers, you know, Aaron Jones finally helped out to get his first 20 carry game of the year. So I think both of these teams will try to run. So even if you do have, you know, get some scoring drives, uh, should bleed some clock, especially when Green Bay has it. They're, Again, one of the slowest paced teams in the first half. So Green Bay first half unders this year, six, one and one. Pittsburgh first half unders are five and three. So that's 11, 
four and one combined to the first half under for these two teams. Give me the first half under pack Steelers, 19 and a half. Well, you went right back to the well. So am I. I'm going Browns with another Browns under under 38. Chop around. I just bet a 38 and a half. Um, minus 112. You know, game could end 21-17 or something. Um, this Browns offense is uh, broken. Um, not only is Deshaun Watson either washed or just not healthy, you can just look at his throws downfield. I mean, Amari Cooper is not fixing anything uh jerome ford if you look from an efficiency standpoint has been the worst running back in the nfl a couple long runs that's about it now your tackle situation is compromised you're down both your starting tackles and dewan jones didn't practice today i mean you could be down to i believe jaron christian or alex leatherwood starting at tackle opposite james hudson so what was once a strength is now an overwhelming weakness on the outside for the Browns the Ravens are going to take advantage bring pressures simulated pressures and the Ravens Mike McDonald is I think maybe right now the best defensive coordinator in the NFL they are so multiple in what they do depending on who they play each week and they could do so many different things man zone you saw what they did to Goff knowing he was you know and then, then you saw what they did to Geno Smith at the perfect game plan well the Browns offense this year is impoverished against zone uh, they cannot do anything. For what it's worth, the other horrible zone offenses are the the Jets, Titans, and Steelers, who we just talked about. Like, just horrible, horrible zone offenses. So I expect you'll see some different pressures, some simulated pressures to confuse Watson, more zone-heavy from the Ravens this week. And on the other side of the ball, the Browns are the most man-heavy defense in the NFL. And... This year, with this new offense, they, they're advanced by like cover one man, I think like over about half the time. They play no cover four, no cover six at all. Uh, this is a, a man-heavy defense. We'll see if Emerson can play. He's important, and he can play straight man across the board. And his backup went on IR today. But regardless, they're going to play a lot of man here. And the Ravens' offense has destroyed zone defense it's one of the reasons i love them against the lions and the seahawks but against man they've what bottom 10 epa per play lamar is an equal touchdown and interception percentage against man defense now he, he'll be able to use his legs and probably create a few explosives here you saw that in the first matchup with cleveland so you know and, and because the browns are such an aggressive defense you might hit, hit a couple explosives against them but this is the best defense in the league they already saw lamar which helps when he's see him for a second time over a short period of time. Browns are going to have to rely on their defense in this game. I just don't know how much their offense is going to be able to do, but their defense actually matches up well on paper against Baltimore. Uh, Throwing the injuries for Cleveland, and uh, this should be a low-scoring game. If the Ravens also build a big lead, they'll just go super conservative knowing they can rely on their defense. They play slow. Uh, this is uh, setting up as a classic second meeting division under in November, which have had a lot of success outdoors historically. So give me the Browns Ravens under in the charm city, by the way, I have the Ravens power rated number one. Now in the NFL, what are their super Bowl odds? I think you can get like 10 to one. I think over the next couple of weeks, home games against the Browns and Bengals, 
win those games. I think that they should be like five, six to one with like the Chiefs. Um, I mean, they're in the same price range as the Lions. Come on. I mean, I don't know the Lions are in the NFC have a much easier path, but I'm, I'm going to dabble. I'm always excited about my team on the Super Bowl when I see a little bit of value. This Ravens seems really good in all phases. So, yeah, give me Baltimore, and I'm going to throw a little on their Super Bowl odds. Yeah, I mean, don't mush it. Don't, you know, Mark Jackson needs to make it. They have the they have a 13, week 13 bye. Wait, let's get Lamar to the bye and coming out of the bye healthy. It was last two years, he's missed like the last, what? Yeah. 12 on, it was around that time. This is the yeah, game. Hopefully he doesn't miss time because remember preseason on our preseason pods, my 14 to one MVP. I think he's down to like three to one at some chops. Yeah, that's uh, why so stay healthy. Fingers crossed. I mean, it's either needs... Mahomes or Hurts, I think. But there's Mahomes yeah. fatigue. Hurts is dealing with an injury. He's in the NFC. Right now, I think Lamar's the favorite. I mean, I think uh, he might be the favorite on the books, but I, I still feel like he needs he needs like a couple of like big monster games because Gus Edwards is stealing all his touchdowns. That's that's the yeah. issue. Yeah, these blowouts not getting a lot of touchdowns definitely is an ideal i would have thought about the browns here at this price range if they were fully healthy and i trusted watson to be you know just trusted him in general and knew that he was fully healthy i show a little bit of value on the browns but it's just hard for me to find paths to success for this offense so give me the under all right so we got uh and yeah uh i still got that hurts ticket for mvp he's looking pretty decent too i mean they haven't really hit gear yet and uh he's on pace for i think it's 40 42 43 touchdowns uh in total so that's that's yeah i think like, it's him him hurts or mahomes yeah and mahomes has really had kind of a down year i mean he's kind of you know it, it hasn't been like a hey he could turn it on in the second half it doesn't take much but uh i think i think this it's wide open for a non-mahomes uh winner okay. so baltimore cleveland under 38 pittsburgh green bay first half under 19 and a half time for our favorite teasers of week 10. Oh yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. Don't tease me. Try to please me. All right. So for those unfamiliar with teasers, it's when you get uh, an extra allotment of points to parlay with two or more uh, spread bets. Usually the standard is a two team six point teaser so that would mean an eight and a half point favorite becomes a two and a half point favorite uh, a two and a half point underdog becomes an eight and a half point underdog for example so stuck has a lot of great content out talking about uh you know what numbers he's looking to tease through and his whole philosophy on that stuck is seven and two this year you're seven much me last week when he i know he rode along yeah, 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 I know, right? It's uh really it was Bryce Young. I mean, I, I hold the Coutinho under 200 yards and not get. cover an eight and a half point like teaser is like a once in a lifetime event. That's what I get for for back in Carolina. It's like the only time I, I even like gave like gave out Carolina anything this yep. whole year. So that's my fault. Uh but where are you going this week? Yeah, let's go with a uh classic teaser teasing two teams catching under a field goal up over a touchdown in Games that should be lower scoring, totals under 44. With the Vikings, already talked about them earlier in the episode. And the Patriots, I'm teasing two of your picks. So Patriots to 7.5, Vikings to 8.5. And, and also, this this is my favorite teaser on the board. And it ensures that I'll have a – well, I would have been rooting for you in the podcast anyway. But now I'll have a financial 
interest in the Frankfurt game early Sunday morning. Yeah, I know, right? For my teaser, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings and the Arizona Cardinals. So let's go Josh Dobbs' new team, Josh Dobbs' old team. So Vikings up to eight and a half, Cardinals from one and a half to seven and a half. And, you know, Kyler Murray coming back. We saw the Falcons struggle against scrambling. So and we're going to have another unprepared quarterback that can scramble. Doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for this Falcon team that uh, I know you and I had high hopes for. And, and I, who is this new Arthur Smith? Like, who is this? Where's the Arthur Smith that actually made sense? Like, I, this, I don't know who this guy is. He's like. And he makes plenty of sense. He's a Montana. billionaire. He's, yeah. 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 I know that, but he's that's got, about he's got it. Plen- he's got plenty of sense, but not the other <laughs> sense maybe. But I mean, it was, listen, every coach is going to do some things that at, at some point or another, we're not going to agree with, but I just feel like Arthur Smith at, at, at one point was pretty sharp offensive. Sharp, yeah. I just don't know what happened. Uh, so yeah. Unprepared scrambling quarterback. Give me the Cardinals and uh, go with the Vikings who just, they're always hanging around. Like I, I don't think they, I don't think they've lost by uh, eight. Now let me see. Let me make sure. I'm pretty sure the Vikings have played all one score games. That's all they do. That's all they do. The Vikings have a one, a two score win. No two score. Every loss has been by one score. Eight of their nine games have been one score games. So yeah, the Vikings. And what's you know what's crazy about the Vikings this year? They already have a better point differential than they had last year when they won. 13 games and had a negative point and with a much harder schedule too. Like you already played the Chiefs, yeah. the Eagles, the Chargers, and, and, and the backup Niners. Yeah. Yeah. And a backup. Yeah. Like I'm, and, Je- I'm, I'm and Jefferson hurt and Jefferson hurt. Wasn't like, yeah. Like you, you, you won, you beat the Niners without Jefferson. You're two and zero without uh, technically cousins went down in the green Bay game. So yeah, he went down at the end, but you know, yeah, you haven't, you, you, you've weathered this cousin losing cousin so far. You, you won Three games without all three games without Jefferson. Like, yeah, this I'm they're the coaching, they're doing like last year. We were like, oh, this Viking team is a fraud. This year, uh, they're kind of impressive. Even O'Connell, you know, coaching up Dobbs and you know, uh being able to kind of explain to him enough of what was going on with those plays so that he could because you know, Dobbs made a few throws too. And most it was a lot mostly scrambling, but he did hit a few throws and, and made some good reads. So yeah, give Plus me a they survived, they survived their inevitable turnover regression. From mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. they had the onslaught of turnovers, and they're still above five hundred. They survived uh, the, all the all, all the Alexander Madison like silliness over the first like six six weeks, where he just couldn't hold on to the football. Like, yeah, it's really a shame. That, it's really a shame that Cousins got hurt. Yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, hey, you. I mean, don't like. I mean, you're not winning know, a Super Bowl. You're not winning you're the Super not, Bowl. Josh Dobbs. You're not. But I don't know what to make of Josh Dobbs at this point because. That game he played against Atlanta, some like the passing numbers don't look great. I think it was like 5.8 yards in attempt or, or whatever, but just some of the throws and some of the runs he made and at the times he made it, they, I've just like never seen anything like it, like honestly. So I don't, it's, I'm intrigued by to see, you know, like this Dobbs guy is very interesting. Like, he should have beat the Jaguars last year to get the Titans in the playoffs. And then, you know, tur- I guess turnovers are his, are his like, uh, Achilles heel. But also, right? just the Falcons were. I don't think they did it actually install a game plan for him. Mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. let him. You can't let him roll, scramble right, and they, he was doing that all game. Um, you just can't let him do that. And uh, every other team started to not let him do that um, with how they were blitzing him. But 
maybe the Vikings, do you think the Vikings just aren't going to give him a game plan? Just send him home and tell him to show up on Sunday for the yeah. game like last week? <laughs> just Yeah. Uh, no, but what an amazing feat. One of like the, I mean, some of the stories you heard, like O'Connell was like showing him the plays yep. during like, like a crit during the game. He never like insane. What a performance. So they were saying like how you know like Josh Dobbs drops back in like for that for that game winning touchdown he's like oh look number four the number one target like oh, just another catch for him it's like Brandon Powell's never had a catch this important in his fucking life you know what I mean like yeah it's a, he's a career special teamer like this is I mean it I've just never seen anything like that uh, but it's not the first time like Josh Dobbs has had a few like even at you know game against the cat like he was he's been playing well at times this year it's like he's 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 got something it is but the turnovers are really you know i think what's ultimately you know he has to to correct but you know i could see him having a little like uh a little run make a little run probably get maybe get to the playoffs and get blown out in the wild card or something like that yeah but uh right. what's, yeah, let's yeah produ- yeah our producers right. kill us for talking about josh stops for eight minutes yeah my God, are you still talking? Yeah, so we'll go to our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Before we do that, a reminder that Action Network Podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Moneyline Dog, where are we going? Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. Yeah, last week I went with the – I've had a lot of success going with the quarterback uncertainty. I went with the Giants last week with the Raiders quarterback uncertainty. And, oh, boy, did I get hit with the old quarterback uncertainty <laughs> and uh, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm actually I'm going to switch it up on you real quick. I, I was going to go Cardinals with the quarterback uncertainty, but I'm going to go Chargers. Uh, I don't love this matchup for multiple reasons, but I I show value in the number. Mm-hmm. And it's a Chargers game at the end of the day. So I think that there's value in, in this price with the Herbert, who his finger, I think, is impacting. A, you know, I know it's his non-throwing finger, but just how he grips the ball and uh, I know the, the offense, all, it just isn't the same without Mike Williams. If you look at the splits and the Lions play some coverages that might give Herbert some trouble and have historically. Also, I'm worried about Hutchinson on Trey Pipkins, which he could make a couple big plays. But six weeks uh, is the timeline for when Herbert, that he should have his splint off his finger. And I'm also worried about on the other side of the ball, like the Chargers, their defense is going to be good when they can get pressure especially with, you know, you add that the, the rookie in with uh, Bosa and Mack, and you saw that last week against the Jets' offensive line. But the Lions' offensive line should be able to neutralize that a bit, and Goff destroys destroys zone. And uh, so there's a couple things I don't like about the matchup. Otherwise, I would play the Chargers catching three. So I'm going to go, and there's going to be no wind, and there's no really home field advantage. Um, so, but I, I think for a money line dog shot with Herbert, and this Chargers offense, which I think can take a lot from that dominant win over the Jets, they've been close to in a lot of games. So yeah, let's let's roll with the with the Chargers. Now, like I was thinking about them too. Uh, honestly, uh, I'm actually going to switch it up to. I was going to go with the Titans, but I don't like this matchup against the Bucks. So I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
they are plus 135 at home against the Niners. And I, I feel like, you know, everyone's kind of just thinking, you know, Niners, where they lost three straight, definitely going to get right. Jaguars let down spot. They've won, what, five in a row? So uh, everyone's just kind of chalking this one up to, you know, a, a market correction at this point, I feel like. But this Jaguar team, I think this is kind of when you want to invest in them when, you know, they're underdogs, uh, they're playing at home. Probably, you know, probably have some some uh, some heat here, and both teams coming well, up. Lawrence alive. the most wins as an underdog over the past two seasons. Most yeah. outright wins. There you go, and and you know both teams coming off a bye, so you know it's not as big of an advantage as if uh, you know just one were. Obviously, San Francisco should be a little healthier, but uh, this Jaguar team, I mean, it's they're tough to run in them, and they're they're actually getting pretty decent play now uh, from their secondary which I always felt was was going to be their downfall. But, you know, Campbell's playing, you know, he's playing well. Williams ha- has played well, uh, which is a little bit somewhat surprising, I guess. Uh, Herndon's been been all right. Cisco, he's been pretty good. So, like, the Jackals' defense is not as bad as I thought it was going to be to uh, to open a the year. They got, uh, they got the, the Cleveland, the guard, so the offensive line should be a little bit uh, better on the interior it's tough to run on them so maybe those McCaffrey runs you know maybe he doesn't bust like a uh an explosive so I think the Jaguars can hang around here so give me the Jags plus 135 I was ready to bet the 49ers here bounce back spot getting healthier coming off the bye but I couldn't and I dug into the matchup a bit Trevor Lawrence he he has throughout his career he's really struggled against cover two 49ers don't really play cover two Brock Purdy if you go out of 141 season data points versus man coverage since 2021, so that means like every quarterback that's qualified has a data point. So it would be like Patrick Mahomes 2021 EPA against man. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes 2022. So it's 141 data points against man coverage. Brock Purdy is number four and number seven last year and this year an EPA per play against man coverage. Jack's play on yeah, Jags play 80% zone. Purdy versus cover three, four, and six, which is what you'll see predominantly from the Jags. Zero percent touchdown percentage. Uh, you know, five percent interception rate, a seven percent sack percentage. He's 25th out of 38 quarterbacks in quarterback rating against cover three, four, and six. Against man, eight percent touchdown rate, zero percent interception rate, three percent sack rate. So this is not a good matchup. Purdy is just like he you saw it against the Vikings, right? He he still has trouble processing where some guys are in zones. When it's against man with all these different weapons and he knows where everyone is and he can use his legs to extend plays, this Niners offense is unstoppable against man. So both sides of the ball, this is a decent matchup for the Jags. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about the Jags. Uh, I was hoping maybe we'd get a three and a half, but uh doubt doubtful yeah i don't think the market will let that happen yeah yeah no uh but either way we both got plus 135 dogs chargers and jags you parlay those that's uh plus 452 uh if you are looking for a way to calculate parlay odds be sure to check out the action network betting odds calculator which you can find on actionnetwork.com or in the action app all right time for best of the rest games we haven't covered in any other segment but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. Seattle, Washington, 
or Washington at Seattle. I mean, not confuse the city and the state uh, or the district in the state, I should say. Uh, commanders, six and a half point underdogs. The total is 45 and a half. I like what's I, I like what I see out of Sam Howell. I feel like as far from an arm talent perspective and, uh, you know, being able to make throws down the field, even some with anticipation, I, I think I like what I see. He just got to clean up. Like, he can make all the throws. Yeah, it's just yeah. those brain farts. Like that that pick against New England, I mean, that could have cost us the cover. Uh, that was a you horrendous, know. horrendous throw. That was one of the worst throws you'll ever see. Yeah. But yeah, he, he also he just has to get he has to get his time like his uh mental timing down, like mm-hmm. mental clock. Like he's been good against the blitz when you know you have to get rid of it, but sometimes when he's not blitzed, he'll just hold the ball way too long. And then sometimes yeah. he'll make, as you said, brain farts. But he he can make all the throws. Um, I don't know if this is like this is could be a good matchup for the Seattle offense. Mm-hmm. Washington can't really do some of the things that these defenses that can you know play man and confuse Geno. I mean, Geno in Baltimore had no chance, no chance that he was confused and they were playing man out. There was nothing he could do. The Seahawks knew it. Uh, that game was over in, in you know five minutes in. The, the Washington can't really do that. Um, so this could be a good a good showing for the Seattle offense. Cause like, you're going to see the Seattle offense. Sometimes you're like, Whoa, this Seattle offense is looks pretty good. And Gino looks good. He's not confused back there. Um, you know, he's not facing a ton of really good man coverage on the outside. This could be one of those games, but I'm right on the number. Sam Howell's still really unpredictable. He's going to be a high variance quarterback as early on in his career, you know, with the crowd noise, you could have a key, key mistake here too. So, uh, but I'm right on the number. I, I, I got nothing here. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a bounce back spot for Seattle. I think you know uh, teams with a winning percentage of sixty percent or better. Uh, so I, which I call good teams uh, when I make the trend. Uh, so a good team off a blowout loss, uh, which is twenty or more points, eighty one and thirty nine the next week against the spread, sixty eight percent over the last two decades. So uh, these are I think this was a similar spot to the. Lions against the Raiders uh, a couple weeks ago that I had uh, on Monday night. So this is another one of those spots for Seattle. But I mean, I can see, you know, Seattle's not really like they're they're solid. We we've we've talked about this, but they don't like they could they could lose to anyone pretty much. Like the Seahawks could yeah. lose to almost anyone. So it's it's not a spot where I like really want to bet that based on the trend. I, I do but think Washington. Washington I consider Washington for a money line dog. Like it's this is yeah, a high variance yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Like this is. It's I don't really want this anything to do with the, the spread for Washington because um like you said it's kind of projections right there, but uh at the same time the Seattle team, you know, laying six and a half, it's a bit much, especially for uh, against a team that does have a at least a quarterback that can, you know, bring you back, maybe get you uh maybe get you to win three late or something like that. Yeah, so, if, hit, if this hits seven, I'd probably dab a little bit on Washington. Uh and then we have the Titans at the Bucks, the Bucks are at home and are favored by a point. The total thirty eight and a half. And I would love to continue fading the Bucks. You know, they just haven't been good. It, it's just different different things going wrong each and every week. But you know, this Titan team now they have to start Dillard again. They lost uh, was it Petit Friere and uh, you know the the their run defense has not been as good, but that, not that that matters against the Bucs, but their pass defense is their weakness, which does matter against the Bucs. So, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised to see this total 38 and a half, 
you know, both of these teams could struggle in coverage. Uh, so not a terrible money line dog, but you're not really getting, you know, it's like minus one, minus one ten or uh, on both sides. So nothing really for me to do with this one. Uh, I was hoping I could, you know, have a spot to fade the buck. Maybe they would get like two, two and a half, but at plus one, uh, I don't really, I'm not really doing anything. What about you? Yeah, nothing here. If this gets back up to one and a half, two, two and a half, good teaser piece with the Titans. This will be another data point for me to watch Will Levis. I've been impressed with what mm-hmm. I've seen so far. But you're right in that, like, the Titans' strength is still their run day on defense. The Bucks are a horrendous rushing team. So, like, this is just going to force the Bucks to throw. And they get no pressure. Good... Titans yeah, get no pressure. They... Which, so this is a good like a good matchup for the Bucks' offense yep. and Baker Mayfield. You're not generating a ton of natural pressure. You're forced to throw against a bad secondary. So there could be a lot of explosive plays here. But like you said, maybe on both ends. I don't hate the overlook, but uh, I'm I'm pretty on market here. Yeah, since the bye, Bucks uh worst pass defense in the league. I mean, obviously yeah. that was, you know, CJ Stroud, but uh it was even before that, their their pass defense has not not been great. Jamel Dean's in the protocol, so I would guess not doesn't play. Um, but you never know with them. And then uh Christian IZN. He's in concussion protocol as well. So yeah, you, you that's secondary. You're then you're down to like you got Carlton Davis and one, and then you're you're counting on McCollum and D Delaney. And one of those goes one of those players goes down. Yeah. I mean, you're down to like Josh Hayes. Uh the Bucks cornerback situation could be dicey. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, that would be, I mean, they're it's our, they're already just bleeding uh, passing production. So yeah, that, that could be interesting for, for Levis and they, I mean, that's what Levis does. He's going to be able to throw the ball down the field. So yeah, I would definitely watch out for that, but maybe just look at the total in, in this one too, yeah, uh, because yeah. You know, both, both quarterbacks, I mean, you don't know what Could you're really going to get. Yeah. And Mayfield has been playing well for what it's worth. I mean, he, he almost, he, with, with everything Stroud did, Mayfield almost got the best of him. Like if, if a Agun, if Agumbo Ali doesn't make that field goal, like, who yeah. knows what we're talking about? So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's close it out with our survivor pool pick of the week. I'll I will oh. The survivor pool pick of the week. So uh, went Washington Giants, Chiefs, Niners in weeks one through four, Dolphins, Bills, Seahawks, Ravens in five through eight, Saints last week got it done. This week, got to go Dallas Cowboys. Um, just don't really see any spot that I like better than 16 and a half and probably rising uh, against Tommy DeVito and maybe Barkley or Eason or whoever. I don't know. Because every time you get like one of these trash backup quarterbacks, he seems to get hurt and you get like a trasher backup of the backup of the backup. So uh, who knows who ends up finishing this game for the Giants. But uh, the DeVito Cowboys- might quit. DeVito might quit at the half. Just like rage quit, just like turn off the system. I'm, I'm done. I'm gone. <laughs> Take off the headset. Uh, like, no, who did that? Vontae Davis. Vontae, pull yeah. Vontae Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so the Cowboys play at Carolina in week 11. I guess that's next week. Yeah. Next week. And then they're home against Washington in week 12. And like, those are the only two things, that, other games you'd even consider. And I think this Giants game is far superior. I mean, Washington is feisty. And beat Dallas last year. If I'm not Sam Howell beat the Cowboys in a game. I think they were trying. Uh, and you know, at Carolina is probably a win for the Cowboys, but still not as good as a home favorite against Devito. So uh, going Dallas here. 
in week 10. Let's see if we can keep it going. Good luck. Right. I'll be watching from the sidelines again for the eighth straight week because I took the Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos. I think, yeah, I think I'm one of the last like 15 or 16 alive in our action survivor. So we'll see how that see how that goes. The, the, the thing is, like everyone listens to the pod, so they kind of I'm at like a disadvantage because everyone kind of knows what I'm gonna do. Um, but yeah. yeah, one out of 16 left. So that is gonna do it for us though. Thank you for listening. We'll be back every Thursday all season long. Uh, you can hear more of me this week with my guy Kerner talking fantasy, DFS, all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex podcast. And check out the Action Network Discord server as well. The link will be in the episode description. You can hear Stuck talking college football over on a Big Bets on Campus pod Friday morning. And uh, you can find Stuck on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on a free award-winning action network app Yo, stuck. by the way you you watch any uh women's college basketball at all in the, in the tournament i'll watch a little bit i've got always got to watch caitlin clark this uh th- that chick that kd was tweeting about uh Malaysia for wiley i was watching some of her highlights man like that's gotta be the first uh time like i was just like who did she like, play look for at, uh south carolina gamecocks she was uh, oh yeah i've seen i've yeah. seen i've seen her she's she, good yeah she's got moves man so i'm yeah I'm, i think her next game is sunday so i might have to uh take a little break from red or have like another screen with that on because yes yeah, i don't i'm not i'm not too big or just never really got into uh women's college but um like she's she's kind of making me watch so uh, looking forward to that but uh i digress until next time let's get his money let go Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.